This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome one and all to another Edge of Your Seat edition of the Back of the Nest Match Report. I'm your host, Mike. Uh, yes, Hambo is still alive. Uh, you're stuck with me presenting again, I'm afraid. And I'm joined by Nick Gillard, a new panel member, Cara Skipper, as we look back at Palace's Sunday afternoon comeback against Leicester at Selhurst. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, a treat for you. We have a new panel member. Cara, hello. Introduce yourself. How are you doing? Hi, guys. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? All good, all good. And uh, for the third uh, episode in a row, Nick, uh, you and me. So we're leaving people the, yeah. the dregs here, aren't we, really? Um, is the it, is the it one through um, Cara's Hambo's replacement. Well, it's it's not because um, that rumor? it's not. We have uh, we do have Hambo here. Um, I wasn't aware of this, but producer Mikey has informed me that Hambo is here. So hello, Hambo. Bruce um, does love that phrase, but Melia. We'll leave it at that. Yes, well, it is only the three of us today. Um, two of us went to the game. I uh, I wasn't going to go uh, on account of the fact that uh, my other half had been isolating for some time uh, and I didn't want to piss her off. Uh, but she said, go, go, do it. Stop being stupid. You're only going to resent, resent me if you don't go. So I ran off to the station, got to Sutton Station at four minutes past one. Uh, to find that it was the three dreaded words, uh, bus, rail, replacement. Um, so I realised that I'd only get to Selhurst Station at 10 past two, so I gave in and watched it on the TV. But the, the other two members of the team here did, in fact, go to the stadium and aren't plastic like myself. Hang on, hang on, hang on. 10 past two, it, it doesn't take you 50 minutes to get to Selhurst, does it? Yeah, so ra- rail replacement, uh, the, next, the next bus was at one thirty. And then I had to change at West Croydon, get the bus to Selhurst, and then uh, walked in from Selhurst. So I was staring down the barrel of getting there at half two, if it was on time, which they never are. So um, I gave up. Um, probably probably should have come because I would have seen the, uh, the Palace girls and stuff. But say la vie, before we get on to that, let's talk about the Palace news this week. Uh, there was some drama in the under-23s. So they went 3-0 up. In the first half, um, and then in injury time, Spurs, very decent under-23 Spurs side, got one back. They came back to 3-3 before Scott Banks scored the winner in a 4-3 victory, seven-goal thriller. It was one of those annoying one o'clock Friday afternoon games where um, I was working and probably the majority of listeners were as well. A real pain to not see it, so I only saw the highlights on the Palace player. And equally, equally impressive, the under-18s, Away at Reading in the uh, Chris Hambling derby, um, three all. It was two all into injury time. Reading went three two up on the ninety on the ninety fifth minute, and uh, Dixon equalised for us in the ninety seventh minute. So three all. That's some uh, that's some pretty exciting games there that we missed. Uh, by contrast, the the Palace women um, had a by all accounts fairly drab draw with Sheffield United at home nil nil. But saying that, Sheffield United doing really well in the league. Seconds, they could have gone top. So I think that's a really decent point earned 
for Palace there, keeping them away from the bottom three. And then the major information for people that have outlaid some cash this week is that the home kits are ready uh, for pickup, or are they, Carver? Only if you've got the men's ones. Not for the women, not for the infants, not for the babies, unfortunately. So lots of uh, unhappy babies out there today, I think. Yes, yeah. Um, People have to wait a bit longer for those slightly sketchy home kits. And then uh, last bit of news, I think, for the roundup for the week, there has been quite a lot of call-ups for internationals for the under-23s. So, uh, Wales Morrison, um, he joined the under-18s. Uh, I mean, that's, that's some impressive stuff. The England under-18s. Raksaki will carry on with the under-20s. under That uh, shows, uh, that reflects how well he's been doing recently. I mean, he's, he's impressed everyone, including my six-year-old son, who has taken him above Wilf as his new loving player. So it's Ronaldo and then Raksaki in his hierarchy, which is high praise indeed. Weber in the Northern Ireland under-21s. And last but not least, Jack, Jay, sorry, Jake O'Brien, who has been uh, captain recently, I think, if I remember rightly. Um, the Palace under-23s has joined the Republic of Ireland's under-21 squad. So um, well done to all of them. Right, let's get on to the game, shall we? A crazy game, let's be honest. Uh, a lot to talk about. And being as, uh, for some odd reason, the entire Facebook empire is down. Um, so that's Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp. We have quite limited uh, user feed, uh, listener feedback that we can talk about today. We can only use Twitter. So um, rather than doing the usual thing where we talk about the game and then go through listener feedback, we'll just cover it in this. So we'll have an ex- extended chat on Leicester City uh, and they're bombing a 2-0, uh, 2-0 lead, I guess. Uh, let's start with your thoughts on the atmosphere. Um, Cara, you nicked my seat, didn't you? Because I wasn't there. So how was it? I did. I did. Well, yeah, nicked my seat next to your seat. But um, no, it was, I think the way that I summed it up afterwards is I think it's the most bipolar game I've ever witnessed in my life. There were the most amount of highs and lows, I think, um, I've seen starting off with the excitement of it's still been a novelty for us to come out, you know, so positively and looking like we've actually got a plan to win the game and not just kind of survive it, which was nice. Um and then obviously that took a turn and just the every single turn in the match was matched with a complete kind of turn in the 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 mood in the stand. It was just like palpable. And then the weather also seemed to change alongside that mood. We went from bright sunshine to um stormy grey uh um showers and then back to bright sunshine again. So it was um it was strange. It was strange, full of ups and downs and a bit of a bit of a roller coaster. Tell me about it. I've gone through like three pairs of jeans in the last three days. And usually a pair of jeans is going to last me well, three months. Um, <laughs> so, so just, just to clarify, I thought you were down in, um, in the front of E Block. Have, have you, you've moved up to the singing section, have you? You've, you've managed to get your seats changed at the start of the season. You know, we just, we just stand where there's a space, Mike. We don't. Oh, okay, okay. I, yeah, okay. Right. I thought, I thought suddenly there were some extra seats going in E Block. Um, and, and Nick, how, how how was the atmosphere for you? Um, I want you to touch on the fact that it seemed like um, there was a few other punters, not just myself, that couldn't make the game. Obviously, two home games in a week. Um, was it was was there a few empty seats? There did seem to be with about fifteen minutes to go, but they filled up very very quickly. Um, right. I noticed the banner wasn't out. Was that because you weren't there this week? Nobody hold it up. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a, I'm not a mouthpiece for the HF. Um, I would, <laughs> I, I would imagine um, there was another reason, and it wasn't to do with my long arms. No, it was, it was very good. It, it filled up very quickly, um, very quiet. Leicester, Leicester came out quite early compared to Palace when they played the Glad all over, um, and the, the atmosphere was brilliant. Although. There were the quietest moments of the season as well once Leicester had gone ahead, but um, right. we soon picked it up. Well, speaking uh, of confusion and Leicester, you've put in the show, Doc, that um, the Leicester fans, well, it was probably you actually, Carla, Leicester fans were confused as to why they weren't allowed in any of the pubs in South Norwood. Um, what happened there? Yeah. 
there, there was a, a couple of funny moments uh, when I was stood outside um, Sheldon Goat House uh, in South Norwood waiting for uh, Chris Clark of the pod and uh, one of our other friends. Um, and quite a few Leicester fans were trying to gain entry um, and were complaining that they'd been turned away from every single uh, pub in South Norwood looking for a drink. Um which we found quite funny. Probably was very frustrating for them. But um, yeah, quite a few disappointed uh, and thirsty Leicester fans uh, on the way to the match. Probably should have should have stopped at East Croydon rather than getting all the way to South Norwood before they looked for a for a pub. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Are there any are there any away pubs once you get on the the little train from East Croydon to Celeste or Norwood Junction? Are there any away pubs? The Albion's home fans only, the Goat House is home fans only. What what about the one by the station, Norwood Junction Station? Is that No, home no, the Cherry God Cherry's God, no. 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 <laughs> you, that's season two holders only. Well, I mean that's that's good because um there's been a few games in the last couple of years I can remember. I've literally got to the ground and haven't been able to get a point. Last one being Sutton United who uh, penned us in for an uh, Papa John's trophy game and then wouldn't let us have a point. Um, so, yes, great to I see. A, I had a, a milestone moment, though. I had the first pint of football with my son, which was great. It was good. He's, he's come of age now. So, oh, really? Yeah, so, yeah, what, so coming, Miguel's around. coming of age as in old enough to look like he can stand near the bar and you buy him a pint? Or oh, coming of age yes. as in actually 18? Yes, the first one. Right, excellent stuff. Um, so, there you go. Anyone that works at Palace realised that um, our... <laughs> our host Nick Gillard has been illegally buying alcohol and you're due a two grand fine excellent stuff no I, f- I fully appreciate that um, was drinking in the pub at a very young age and I feel sorry for the kids these days I, I still, get, still get ID'd more now than I did when I was 15 uh, right <clears throat> let's talk about the game a little bit same 11 I, I personally f- find it hard to argue that that, that you know that wasn't going to happen um, are you still making people angry um let's just use a quote from stan Marcel. thanks for getting in touch stan um can we all have a whip around to get the cash and pay up i use contract i'd happily drive the cash to his house myself yeah i mean it, it doesn't help his calls we'll get to elise elise had a blinder um i thought that i thought the 11 was pretty strong um are you included Carla? um did, was there any groans in in, in the homestale not, not at the beginning. I think as time went on, there was there was quite a bit of frustration. Um, and With I you particularly? Yeah, no, okay. I wouldn't say loads and loads, but just the odd comment, you know, like when I think part of it shown in just towards the end of the, I think it was right at the end of the first half, actually, when Zaha kind of lost his shit with him a bit um, as well. There just seemed to be some, I don't, and I don't know where that comes from, but there seemed to be some confusion about whether or not you was supposed to be changing his delivery into where the players were, which sounds like an obvious choice, or whether the players were failing to get on the end of what IU was doing. And he seemed to think that he was doing what he'd been told to, obviously judging this from uh, from afar. But um, there just seemed to be a bit of a disconnect between what he thought he was supposed to be doing and what others kind of wanted from him. So I, I don't know whether I'm being a bit soft, but I kind of feel a bit sorry for him because there does seem to be some confusion coming from somewhere. And um, I don't know. Yeah, don't know who's 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 at fault for that, and uh, and how they'll sort it out. I mean, it's hard to Can it's I hard to. Him? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, defend him in a second. Um, no, it's. I was just going to say it, it's very it's very hard to feel that sorry for him when he's getting sixty five grand a week or whatever. But um, yes, I, I I know what you mean. Um, he's still my Ghanaian prince in the same way that Yaroslav Yak will always be forever in my heart. Um, yes, please defend him, um, and also uh, tell me what your son's reaction was when he was in the 11? Um, well, he, um, look, I drop him, yeah? Don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> That's not defending him, is it? No, no, don't get me wrong. No, no. He's shit. Oh, he, he, he played all right. He played all right, yeah? 83% pass, uh, pass success rate, 18, 18 passes, you know, successful passes, one key pass. He put in a couple of good right. crosses. Before, we, before we carry on, before we carry on, so that's two weeks running. I've given you shit for not looking up stats. So what you've done is overcompensated, haven't you? I like that. I like that. Carry on. Carry on. <laughs> I'm getting used to this being on every week. Mark. No, he put in a couple of good crosses that people should have been on the end of, and he put in a couple of crap crosses that 
he should have looked up and he would have seen Zaha, who probably would have scored. So it's a bit of both there. I think he's just a, a, a scapegoat. And I think, you know, we could be top of the league uh, unbeaten and Palace fans would find somebody to moan about. And unfortunately, it's Ayu. Ward seems to be, be coming away from that a little bit because he's playing all right. Um, Ayu seems to be the one that's getting it in the neck. There will always be a player for Palace who gets it in the neck. It's Ayu. But I'd still start at least next time. That's all I'm saying. I think think people are being overly harsh on him. Yeah. I, sorry, oh, carry on, Carl. No, no, sorry. I just wanted to add to the defence a little bit. Like, he did work phenomenally hard as well. Like, there wasn't, even though it, it was a frustrating game for him, at no point did he kind of, you know, did his head drop or did he think, like, you know, have any other thought apart from I'm just going to keep absolutely going for this and, and 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 trying to get one for the team. So I think when that's still the mentality of someone that's having a hard time, I think it's, it's harsh to kind of, for everyone to go at him because he's still really, really putting a shift in. Um, and it's not that he's completely useless, you know what I mean? Like he, there's stuff that's not coming off, but I think, yeah, he's, he's, he's really going for it and he's, he's really trying to make that play work. So I think all the time that's the case, we can give him a little bit of a, a little bit of an easier ride than what he's getting at the moment, I think. Yeah, I mean, so let, let's let's go on to a comment from Tony G. Tony G? I'm not sure, Tony. Sorry, Tony. Let's say Tony G. Um, is Alite ready for a start? We'll cover that in a minute. IE will be written off after today, but he contributes more defensively. Do we still need that? Um, I can see the rationale for starting him in that Elise defensively is probably even more untested than he is going forward. Um, and there's still comments that Joe Ward needs the, the, the backing. Um, there's other people that came onto Twitter after the game and said Joe Ward was absolutely our player of the match. And I can see that argument. He also put in some great crosses and he also put in some absolute dog shit crosses. So if that's the argument against IU, it probably should be level against Joe Ward as well. But then again, he's not ever said, he's not come out and said, the Lord has given me crossing powers. Um, but are you, if he was screening the defence, I'm not sure that's the area that needed screening. I, if I have one downside to the game, and obviously it was, it was individual mistakes is the only reason we didn't get three points. And even then, Schlupp could have given us the winner. The only thing I can say was that we didn't screen the front four quite as well as we've been doing the other games. And I wonder if that was the choice of midfield. So if we are looking to shore up the defence, I'm not sure it's that necessary on the wings at the moment. It's it's more a case of somebody doing the Kabai role. Um, I know we always say, well, we missed Kabai at the time we wanted him to go and he was past it and all that. And now we're saying he's amazing. Um, but I think the only shielding we actually needed for the defence was the bit we didn't get from Luca, um, even though he had a decent game. Um, so yeah, I, I, are you? He's, he, to me, on the TV, you still look fine. Obviously, you don't see the runs that um, they do off the ball and stuff when you're just following the camera person's choices. Um, but I think it's harsh, and, and we do the usual polar thing of they're either amazing or they're crap. I just think at the moment our team is looking really inspired and IU is a bit of a throwback to the Hodgson era in some respects. That might be in our heads, might not be. But let Joel Wood, um, he um, was what's worth looking absolutely at. Sorry. immense. Sorry, Mike. Sorry, yeah. Mike. What's worth looking at with the IU thing is most of our attacks came down the left uh, by quite a long way. So um, are we going to get more down the right if, with Elise playing instead of IU? I don't know. That, the thing is, on, on the on the left, you on the left you have someone called Wilfred Zaha, don't you? And that probably does give a slight tilt towards the left being better than than two point four million Jordan Knight. Um Yeah, this will carry on. I'm this this will this will this debate will carry on. But I think Elise probably done enough to to get a run in the team or at least start the next game anyway. Um, yeah, Joel Ward, he, he got a lot of credit after the game. What was it that he got so much credit for? Uh, he he got the, the, I think he got our highest rating on whoscored.com. He, yeah, certainly of the players that started, um, I mean, it was only the substitutes that did better. So what was it that Joel Ward did right? Won a lot of headers, uh, played all over the pitch. There was one point where he, he was almost playing left wing at one point. 
Um, <laughs> he he was coming in, putting some decent crosses in. Okay, there were a few misplaced passes. However, um, he seemed to add add another dimension to his game. He's he's. The, I think we said it last week that um, Vieira's brought out almost made them into new players and made them more positive about what they're capable of doing and what they're allowed to do. They're not stifled like they were under uh, previous managers. Um, so I think he's loving that that freedom he's got. Um, and, uh, and he's loving he's, the Lord. He's experienced. Yeah, he's, he's experienced, isn't he? He's, he's, the experience is showing through. He's making up in Laos for what he is in perhaps a lack of pace now. Do, do you think the midfield are helping him out? Are they what are they what are the midfield doing differently that they weren't doing under under Hodgson that has allowed Ward to do the marauding warlike runs he was doing that I, I absolutely shocked me. Um, it, I'm surprised he didn't have a nosebleed to be honest. I've never seen Ward well, be that far forward for that much of the game. Well, the the team seemed to be a lot more fluid. I noticed Gallagher. Not, not particularly for Ward, but dropping back. If Gay was going forward, it was Gallagher or Milivojevic who was dropping back. So the positions were a lot more fluid. So if one was going forward, somebody else was, was covering. And they seemed to be a, a lot more aware of where each other was going to be on the pitch and where to cover. Right, it, so you, you, you then entirely disagree with what I said about the, the, the screen and the defence then? Perhaps a little bit, uh, yeah. But they they seem to be because I was watching Gallagher's. He wasn't getting forward every time. He was he was good at covering, uh, but only when the defences were going forward. Um, yeah, and and for Mitchell as well to a certain degree. Yeah, no, I I think just the the not the most technical answer, but just the confidence for me. Like we can move forward and we can hold our line. And I think previously where we've had to sit. Or, or you know, the game plan has been to sit a lot deeper. If if we have that confidence that we can move forward and we can sit higher forward for a longer period of time without panicking and running back, then automatically that just frees up space, doesn't it? And it just allows a player like Joel Ward to be like, oh, okay, well, what what can I do when I'm here rather than having to like constantly have in the back of my mind, I've got to track back, I've got to track back. Um, I would say my this is maybe. Uh, probably controversial and will be written off straight away. But my favourite part of the game, my favourite moment in the game was an 80-minute tackle uh, from Joel on Barnes where he just stopped him in his tracks. It was absolutely beautiful. Like Leicester were just ready yes. to go on the counter yes. and he just stood in his way, like stood strong and Barnes went smashing into him and he didn't even move. Um, and, you know, for all of the beautiful play that we saw um, Palace do, that was my absolutely most joyful moment. Um, obviously, MacArthur then did exactly the same thing on Vardy. See, we uh, need to have you on every week. We need to have you on every week because the fact that at 80 minutes you were drinking with Chris Clark and you still noticed that. I only barely noticed it on the TV without drinking. So the fact that you picked that up, yeah, that is uh, that is much more detail than I would be picking up at 80 minutes. So fair enough. I, I um, think that's probably too kind because it's probably more that I just really like it when they smash into each other, which is probably not the best compliment and doesn't say much about the uh, type of football that I like. But I'll take the compliment. Fair enough. The Vinnie Jones way of thinking. Um, my favourite moment in the game, I think, uh, probably controversially, is well, probably more controversially than that, was when MacArthur took out Vardy, immediately he was like, oh shit, I've done him some damage. And he was the perfect gentleman. He stood over him, Richetti was all right. He instantly called on, we'll get to the guy that was wearing the thing. But he instantly was like, people get people get over here now. Um, and I thought, it, I thought it was so classy. Obviously, there's probably a chance of letting die and all that kind of stuff, I can imagine. But um, yeah, yeah. tell me about the, the chance. It's in the show, job, the, the chance about the, the guy with the, the suit. What the, what the fuck was that? I, 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 it has my suit. <laughs> well, so everyone was obviously like, I think some people were a little bit annoyed, obviously, that Vardy may be making a bit more of it than it needed to be. I don't know if it was. But looking it back on TV, he did look like he was in quite a lot of pain, so fair enough. Yeah. But then what happened was a guy in a hazmat suit ran on. <laughs> and if you think this comes at the end of a game where lots of weird things have happened, we all just kind of stood there looking at each other like, what, what is going on? Like, 
is what is the nature of this injury that somebody needs to come on with a hazmat suit like is everyone else okay like what's going on and so then uh rings of what the what the fucking hell is that started uh going around the stand which is <laughs> my absolute second favorite moment of the game after one and i laughed for a solid 10 minutes i think even after a play had resumed um <laughs> Because we were all just very, very confused. It, it didn't even get mentioned on the TV, as far as I know. Um, was the uh, was the usual chant for uh, Cashbush Michael um, out there as well? Right. So I, I've been told by by Hambo that we need to go easy on the swerving. So I'm not going to quote it, but that chant about his dad and him being something did that come out? Chris Clark tried so hard. Uh, it, right, it didn't, it didn't. Okay. as much as I think okay. Chris was hoping it would be um, unfortunately, okay. unfortunately. Right, is, it, is, it, is it possible uh, Mike just to hear what Hammer has to say about that just for a couple of seconds Bruce um, does love that phrase but Melia interesting what was, what was quite good I could age I could have age the people around me depending on what they um, what they described the hazmat suit as being as um, some of them said it was uh, some sort of radiation fallout nuclear thing. We had Ghostbusters, uh, we had ET, and somebody said it looks like the Quatermass experiment. But that guy was quite old; it wasn't me. Um, so that that was quite good. I don't age the crowd around you. Don't so. don't know what that is. Car was making a that's gone over my head. Uh, so. Uh, let's let's not go for it. let's not get into that. Um, but being as we've just given our two favourite moments of the game, what, what was yours, Nick? Uh, my favourite moment of the game. I don't know. It was another chant where uh, the ref was making some very very bad decisions. Yeah. Um, and they were shouting, "Who's the W word in the?" Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Back, and then somebody pointed out that Gaeta was actually in his black kit, so everybody stopped suddenly. And I thought that was quite amusing. Uh, yeah, well, exactly. You, you don't... You don't want to give him. You don't want to lower his confidence when he's probably already needs to have it back up again. Um, let, let's go on to Anderson. Um, so the comment in the show, Jock, is just doing too well and and too complacent. That was what they were talking about on the uh, on the commentary. They said, you know, it got too easy for Palace, and then they sort of took their eye off the ball, and that, and that's why he made that error. I've got to say, I couldn't see it coming. I thought if we if we were going to concede a goal, it would be a set piece or something like that. That was kind of what led me to thinking on having a, a a closer look at what the midfield were doing in front of them because after that, it did seem a little bit stretched. Every time we got the ball at the back, there seemed to be quite a big gap between the back four and the midfield, in, uncharacteristically under Vieira. Um, but... Probably just that's that's me as a Palace fan panicking and thinking back to the the bad old days where we'd lose one nil because of I don't know um, Chungy passed back and managed to ruin it and yeah was the Burnley game and all that kind of stuff and when we knew we wouldn't get a goal back um, it's it's a different Palace team now and individual mistakes people own up to them and. It still seems like we 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 carry on regardless, and it's not going to phase people too much. Did Anderson after the mistake s- still look assured? Um, did he look like a you know a sort of John Stone style thing? I've, okay, I can make a st- mistake, I can own it, and I can come back and I can you know play p- play well for the rest of the game. Is that what it looked like, or was it okay? We're doing too well now. Now it's nosebleed time. Now we're panicking. I, I think he came back pretty well. Personally, I think it's because I said I'd ma- I wanted to marry him last week, and he just wanted to put me off. 
Um, yeah, that's my personal opinion. He just wants me to put him. Put me off. No, it was what you were saying about the gap. It was it was his fault. Um, he he tried to be too clever, and it didn't come off. And uh, against the United show, was he Leicester's top scorer last season? I don't know, but it's, he, he can't do that there. Um, maybe confidence was a little bit too high. Um, but it's weird because I still didn't think we were going to lose. But it's you look at last week, the mistake that um, Gaeta made with the kick uh, against Brighton, it's, it's individual errors that are costing us. And, um, you know, thankfully we're not going for the league or anything. We know we're going to finish mid-table. But these, these mistakes could be really, really costly if we were going for something. You know what I mean? So it's something we need to... We need to get rid of. Yeah, I just one thing that I I didn't really notice in uh, w- when we were watching live, but something that I did kind of pick up on watching it back was that. So across the whole game, there was a lot of time wasting from Leicester, right? Like from early on, and when I watched it back, they started they started to kind of do it around about the twenty minute mark, and that was when it looked like they'd kind of completely run out of ideas, in my view, anyway, and. Then, then watching from that moment to the lead up of that first goal, and then obviously followed by the second goal, I just wonder whether they were—I'm potentially giving them too much credit—but whether they were trying to just just disrupt our momentum a little bit, just to slow it down, just to frustrate us, and just to kind of—they didn't have a way of positively getting it on on their terms. So that was how they were trying to use a little bit of disruption. And I think then watching the build up of the goal with that context is that I do think we were then a little bit asleep because we then adjusted ourselves slightly to play in their much, much, much slower pace where we needed a break because we'd been going for it for, for, you know, for the whole match. And then they just injected this, this bit of pace out of absolutely nowhere, completely against the run of play, completely after they'd kind of uh, given us a full sense of security, really. And I, I, so I just wonder whether it was almost a little bit of naivety that we allowed ourselves to take the foot off the gas rather than seeing them struggling and absolutely going in for the kill. I know it would be really early to go in for the kill, but but to just kind of, we didn't have a goal at that moment, right? Even though we were really, really dominating, maybe we shouldn't have responded to their slowing down the pace by saying, oh, brilliant, we can have a little bit of a breather. Maybe we should have taken that opportunity to hit them a little bit harder. That, and yeah, Anderson's mistake was a, was a, there's no getting away from it. It was a, it was a big mistake, but I think Leicester did have some kind of cynical a um, little bit of game management there to get themselves out of the hole that they were in by the fact that they just had no ideas of how to change their play. Yeah, I mean, I suppose that's the reason that they're, they're playing in the Champions League this season. Uh, ruthlessness certainly does help. They, they, the commentators for the game were, were very quick over and over again to point out that Palace were very wasteful with their chances. And um, that is one of the reasons, you know, Palace were not clinical at all. And then Leicester only needed a... You know, obviously, they've got an amazing front in, front pair, but they only needed a sniff of a chance to go ahead. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're probably quite adept at that. And um, Brendan Rodgers had... You know, he, he, managing a Scottish team in, in Europe, he's probably pretty used to that sort of tactic as well. And it's not one that Palace are not used to either. We grab points last season that we didn't deserve. Um, by contrast, this season, so I was listening to Darren Ambrose on the drive back after watching the game in London yesterday down to the coast and he was saying he thinks we've we've already dropped six points this season in that he felt we should have won Brentford, should have won Palace and should have won this game. Um, uh, so maybe uh, naivety might be the right word. Um, or it, I, I'm hoping it's more that we're just gelling, and it's suddenly he reckons it's suddenly going to click under Vieira, and we're going to go through an incredible run. Um, I would say that I was trying to work out. I think five of our first seven games we played, we've played teams that are in the European tournaments this season. So. Um, we, you know, we've had a we've had a tough old start, unlike Brighton, for example. Um, yeah, well, well, let's see if they get individual errors out of the system. That's all good. Um, let's talk about Wilf, shall we? Because he looked incredible. Five key dribbles, and that doesn't sound like much, but 
I can't remember the last time I saw any player have five key, key dribbles listed on who scored. He was immense. Was he? Was he angry? Was he? Is he? Is he just settling into the fact that he's getting decent service? He he's no longer the focal point, but he's also even more the focal point. And I I can't I can't even under, understand what I've just said. Really, um, yeah. What what was it about? What was it about Wilf? He, he loves. He, he's really enjoying playing again. He's not moaning as much, apart from that eye for a couple of errant crosses. But he just seems to be enjoying the game and enjoying the fact that it's not all on him anymore. Because we've got other players on the pitch that are capable of running the ball and and, and carrying the ball, it means he's getting a little bit less attention, which is allowing him to go on these uh, these key dribbles a little bit more. So that's that. That's good for him. Um, He's not as quick as he used to be. Um, he's passing a lot more. Um, and I think his confidence is up. And I think, like the rest of the team, um, Vieira has really brought him out of himself a little bit more, um, which is positive. And actually, I'm going to put myself out here. I don't think he'll be putting any more transfer requests in while Patrick Vieira's there. I really don't. I think he's he's happy with the team. And it Dare I say it, he thinks that this team can actually do something. Well, um, maybe I'm trying it, to mind read a bit, but you know, just just from his body language, he just seems totally different. So if the, if this was, if Ham if, if Hambo was presenting today, he would go into a a discussion on whether it's Vieira, whether it's the transfers, or if it's a combination of the two. But the only player that we had last season that has scored a goal for us this season was Wilfried Zaha. All the other goals have. Sorry. Do you what Hambo thinks of that, Mike? Yeah. Well, right, let's let's get Hambo's thoughts. Um, Mikey. Um, yeah. What's what's Hambo got to say? Bruce um, does love that phrase, but Melia. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So that's a great point. Um, yeah. Uh, so the only player to have scored goals for us in any competition, apart from friendlies this season, um, that that isn't a new transfer under Vieira is Zaha. So, uh, whether it's Vieira, whether it's the people around him, um, it does suggest that we're a stronger side to me. Um, obviously, we scored a lot a lot more goals than we'd usually expect to score last season as well. So, long may it continue. 60% possession as well, without looking like we'd lose. Usually, Wait, 60... Can I... Yeah. Sorry, can I just ask you and your car a question about Wilf? Yeah. Now he's older and a senior player. Has that affected him a bit? Do you think? Do you think he's he's accepting more responsibility? I, I don't know. I don't know if he's not. I don't want to make it sound like I'm slagging him off, but I don't think he's that type of player. In the sense that I think he's always take almost taken on too much responsibility. I think he's always and because of the type of football that we've played, he's always taken the responsibility of the team winning or losing on his shoulders. Um. And I think it's just a case of now that there's more people in the team who can score goals um, and who are being given the opportunity to score goals, I think he's maybe getting a little bit more of the other part of his game that he can do. Like, you know, it was watching, again, watching the, the game back, the way that he was just dragging those players out to create the space before, the, before our first goal. Um, you know, otherwise there would have been about six six uh, uh, Leicester players crowding out the box and we wouldn't have got anywhere near it. And I think beforehand, although he obviously has always had that in his game, when did he have the space to do that? Because he always was under pressure to be the one getting on the end of it in the box rather than uh, rather than playing that, that part of his game. So I don't know if it's about responsibility. I think it's m- more kind of that he's been given that freedom and that he's been able to to play the whole of his game rather than all of the pressure being on him to just be the goal scorer and not kind of support other goal scorers in in getting their goals as well yeah I, I i just i don't think you give a fuck i just think it, whether he's whether he's 19 or whether he's 37 and um, he's going to back himself as the main man on the pitch and um i don't think he cares whether he's seen as a senior player or not he's been a senior player for palace since he was about five foot two, I think. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not sure he'd, he'd worry too much. He's literally he wanted better players around him. I mean, surely he's got better players around him now than he'd have at, at Arsenal. Um, I know they've got more points than us, so I think by a point. But I really think he's got better players going forward now than he would have at Arsenal. 
Uh, yes, a few other points we've got in the, in the show, Doc. The high press. Now, is it? Are we automatically against it because we've been conditioned for the last X amount of years to go <clears throat> steady now, steady now? Have we got to embrace the high press? Because it's working, because it's making us enjoy our football again, because we're smiling more. There's been minimal moaning, unless we have a comment from Hambo right now. Bruce um, does love that phrase, but Amelia, that's bullshit. Yeah, well, f- uh, fair enough. But other than that, the rest of us, we've been pretty chirpy. So the high press, can we embrace it? Yes. That's Excellent. it. There's no other answer apart from yes. I am... Um... I, I'm just loving the the errors that we're forcing the 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 way the wayward kicks we're we're making the opposition goalkeeper do you know with uh, Edward straight on him or Gallagher straight on the keeper um, Benteke's not doing it so much which is a shame you know you'd think he'd be a bit more mobile having having set out the first 50 60 minutes of the game that's, that's not yeah, his it's not his game though is it it's not his game I mean you you you're absolutely right to bring up Edward and, and the pressing game because I thought he was exemplary for it. Um, he he doesn't just go on the end. I thought he'd be on a proper striker that would get on the end of stuff. He makes his own chances by putting pressure on. He hit the bar when he should have just slotted one away. And it, if he'd done that, it would have been the perfect game. He can create a chance regardless because... He just presses teams. And for the last couple of years, if if somebody like Casper Schmeichel has come to Selhurst for the last three years, they'll come back thinking, well, I've got some time and space. Not this season. You're absolutely right. Conor Gallagher, a different different level. We're not going to keep him, let's be honest. Edward, he just, he makes sure, he does what Vardy does to us season in, season out. And it... you're absolutely spot on that it comes to 80 minutes in, whereas we were hanging on for dear life in the past because we were knackered because we were chasing shadows. We've been pressing teams and now they're knackered as well. And it is so refreshing, so refreshing. I, I, I still think the Benteke on to replace Edouard is, is weird because it smacks to me of defending a lead. And even then I, don't think it defends a lead. Did, I mean, did did it seem like you were actually hanging on a bit more once Benteke was on, or or is he genuinely defending a lead better than Edward would? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it did feel, and it feels silly to say regardless of that change because obviously that change would have had a part of it. But I didn't feel at any point from that that last ten minutes it felt like we were going for the win. Like, and it continued to feel like that. It just felt like. That, that quite a few of us just felt it was going to come. And even even in the 94th minute, was it um, free kick that we had? We just felt like we were, we were going to get it, that it was that it was in our favour. So I definitely wouldn't say that it felt like it was a, def- that we moved to be more defensive at that point. Um, I think it just comes back to what we were saying before. We, we just need to take those chances that we've got. Like if we had more clinical finishers, um, then we would have nicked the win, like either with Schlupp's header or or one of the other opportunities that we had that we that we didn't manage to get on target. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, uh, and let's let's talk about the the substitutes because Vieira was getting all of the credit on the commentary, absolutely all of the credit. I would say probably Elise is due quite a lot of that, um, and Schlupp scoring after whatever it was, twenty five seconds of coming on. Inspired substitutes or just incredible players that came on when players were already knackered? Can I can I take us back just to half time before the players came out? You could see them in the tunnel on the big screen, arms round each other in the huddle, um, and they had the belief. Um, and the fact that we had that belief and knew that we were well capable of coming back into the game rather than thinking, all oh, right, we're two nil down. Well, let's just see it out and not let any goals, any more goals in. The fact that we knew we could take the game to them. We knew that we had these players on the bench that could do that. When, um, at least they came on brilliant. Um, he just, I can't believe he's only 19, but, um, 
I'll, I'll come on to Schlupp in a minute, what I thought when he came on. But yeah, Elise just brought an added dimension to it, which again freed Wilf up even more. Makes you wonder when Eze's fit, who's he going to slot in for? You know, it's it's just fantastic to have all these options. But wasn't it a brilliant finish? It just seemed so natural after after he fluffed the first bit, came off the, um, Lily said, Reading player, that's who we bought him off, and the Leicester player. It was just an instinctive shot, and Schmeichel didn't even move, did he? Yeah, a, a great, absolutely great finish. Um, usually from the homestyle, I can't see anything that goes in what else lane. I just see the, the net bulging. Um, absolutely sublime finish. And I think if it hadn't have been for Liverpool, Man City, having that ridiculous two-all draw, it's mostly what people would have been talking about. But that's fine. I'm happy for him to go under the radar so that we don't lose him in a couple of years' time. Carla? Uh, just because Nick mentioned uh, his age, do you want, uh, have we got time for a fun fact? We've always got time for a fun fact. Good. Good. I'm glad that was the answer. Um, so he's the first teenager um, to score for Palace in the Premier League since who? Do you guys know? Can you guess? Clinton. Ah, Mr. Clint, it's Clinton, isn't it? It yeah. is. We all, we, all, we all clearly read The Athletic today, so that's good. Uh, uh, I enjoyed that, but also surprisingly. Uh, no, no, no. I, 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 haven't, I haven't got an athletic subscription, but it did come up in the commentary. Um, but it was is he it was he younger or was he was he older than Morrison when he scored? No idea, sorry Mike. I'll look that up after. Should have come more prepared. Uh, well if he turns into the club's next Clinton Morrison Yes. Um yeah, he's he surely earned his his start against Arsenal, wasn't he? Yeah. Definitely. And Schlupp Schlupp. When when Roy when um he came on, I, my immediate reaction was, oh, why are you bringing Gallagher off? He's the player that's carrying the ball, getting getting the ball, taking the ball forward. And uh, I, I could fear a Muppet for, for bringing Schlupp on. But afterwards, when, when Schlupp was interviewed, um, I, he said he was told just to get in the box, make a nuisance of himself, and be another body in there that could get in there and score. Or words, I'm paraphrasing. So, actually, it was a really inspired substitution and good in the fact that he's playing against a former team and we all know that players score against their former team, so I think there was some of that involved. But um, Schlupp's another one of these weird players who gets slated quite a lot but comes up with goals when you need them. So that's always good to have. I think he gets so, slated a lot less than he used to. In fact, um, you, your, your fact about um, Zaha being the only player from last season... Um, to score for us has just been undone by Schlupp, hasn't it? Uh, uh, sorry, yeah, that was before this game. Yeah, um, yeah you're absolutely right. Yeah, um, Schlupp, yeah, Schlupp, Schlupp is the other one now. Yeah, apologies, apologies. <laughs> Fucked up my own stat, didn't I? Um, yeah, uh, right. So uh, let, let, let's wrap up with a few more points, shall we? Um, we? A few downsides. We've been we've been pretty positive so far. Um, wasteful with set pieces, Mr. Cabri's parrot. The stalwart himself. Um, another manager choosing Luca to take free kicks and corners. What do they see that we don't, Cara? I, I, I don't know. You know, they, they choose him, so they, they must see something. It is frustrating. Um, it is frustrating. And I think it's, in a weird way, almost more frustrating when we're now getting goals from open play that we look at set pieces and see them as, uh, I don't know, we... we we're just too wasteful all round. And I think if they're choosing him, they're choosing him for a reason. But if it's going to stay that way, we all need to start seeing what that reason is because we can't be wasting every opportunity we've got at a set piece and loads of opportunities in open play as well. Um, because there will come a time, you know, we're doing really well at the moment, but there's going to come a time where these points we're going to, we're going to st- need to start actually putting them on the board and not, not see them as, um, as nice to have. So, I, I don't know. I don't know why they're choosing him as much as I love him. Um, but hopefully all will become clear. <laughs> um, interestingly, uh, Elise took a corner at the end. So I don't know whether that was because he was near to the ball and we wanted to get the ball in quickly to score or not. Or whether he's designated corner taker when he's on. Yeah, I don't I don't think we have many corners. It's, it's mostly, um, mostly free kicks. Whether... They've got Luca as as free kicks and Elise for corners because Elise looked like he, he bombed in sort of low darting ones that looked good. 
obviously got Eze to come back as well. And if Luca is above Eze and Elise, then I would imagine something is wrong. Um, and the, the only other point you wanted to bring as captain bring down himself in Hambo's absence, Nick, is uh, that we've only had one win under Vieira so far. I would say four draws, couple we should have won. Um, it's all good, but um, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is, but I feel like the way we're playing, we should have more than we've actually got. It, it just, you know, it's you could look at that and, and say, look, Arsenal were ahead of us in the league, for goodness sake, and they're crap. Um and it's these individual errors that have cost they've us. They've played Norwich. They've played Burnley. As, as uh, Mr. Ambrose said on your way home, you know, it's, we've, we've lost four points. Where would we be in the league if we had those four points on? So hopefully that's going to change. We're not going to be in a relegation battle. I think even the most pessimistic Palace fans are going to think we, we can get top eight this season if, if we continue in the same vein of the players we've still got to come in. So, you know, it's all looking good. It was just... It was just an observation more than anything else. But how positive we are considering there is only one win. You know, oh. it makes a change, doesn't it? Well, I would counter by saying we've, as well, we've lost two against two of the teams that are bound to finish in the top three. Um, and that, that will do for me. Um, so before we wrap up, it's, it's probably worth hearing a little bit more from Hambo, isn't it? Bruce um, does love that phrase. But Melia. So there you go. Wise words of uh, Christopher Hamblin. So yeah, thanks very much for listening. Thanks to everyone who got in touch with the show today, whether we've used your message or not. Some of you that messaged, probably we didn't see it on account of this weird, weird world where Facebook and all its subsidiaries well, are down. You're going to get the BBM going again, Mike? Um, no. Just the case for next week. Um, I, I, uh, Hesk is regular on there, we can ask him. Uh, but yeah, please keep doing it. it. It helps us plan the show each week. Um, and then like, follow, subscribe, all our social media accounts, especially the YouTube channel. So DR is still doing sterling work. Patrick's over there a lot. Really great stuff. If you just want an immediate discussion after the game, they've got it covered. It's it's well worth subscribing over there. Just, just get all the new videos that DR produces into your feed. We're seven games into the season. Uh, it's it's going to be an international break now. Uh, myself and Chris Clark are buggering after Tenerife. Uh, we're going to go and see some Tenerife football. Uh, but when we get back, we're going to the Arsenal game. Um, so we'll be reviewing that straight after. I'd imagine before the game, the preview guys will be there. And obviously, as I say, all the usual stuff on YouTube. So until next time, come on, you palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.